Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. All right, guys, we were supposed to start recording at 6.30. We're doing another episode quickly. It's 8.54 p.m. We took Daniel's a good break. Had, yeah, Daniel had some scrambled eggs. And apple Alex cider. and I talked about Formula One for like 20 minutes. Alex Albon, how about that guy? Oh, what a terrible! Oh, sorry. Daniel, oh. did you see the last race? Did yes. you? Okay, then you. I was. I was going to say, if you're this happy talking about him, you did not watch the Eiffel Grand Prix. But this is a hockey podcast, damn it! Mm. We're recording this immediately after the last episode. Which, Daniel, don't let us forget. We need your help coming up with an episode name for last episode because we haven't figured it out yet. Okay. I think we haven't figured it out for this episode. We'll start the episode talking about the Leafs. We talked about Montreal last episode, and to start, we teased it. Mm. Guys, the Armenian army starts. Alex, no. I'm, I'm going to let you announce what what this first signing for. They've got a, they've done a few things here, but they've done some pretty few good things here. Uh, I called it back as soon as they got eliminated. I think I have our trade stuff if we want to look at it later and see how we all did. Okay, yeah. um, I said that this team needs Zach Bogosian, and they have signed Zach Bogosian. One year, $1 million. I'm in the works right now. I said it. I made a promise to all three of you, to you two and Mike. I said, if Zach Bogosian signs with the Toronto Maple Leafs, I will buy his jersey. I am in the works of getting that jersey right now. As soon as I find out his number. If you run the Toronto Maple Leafs Twitter account and listen to this show, just check your DMs. I might have sent you one to find out what number he is. Real uh, sports right now, 20% off. I saw that. I yes. saw that. I saw that. I'm His number on there is 22, but I haven't seen it anywhere else. So I just wanted to um, double check. So if anyone has uh, any inside sources, throw it our way. Um, I really like that signing. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, other than he's Armenian, he's just really like, He's gritty, mm-hmm. not the mascot. That guy punched a kid in the face. That's not cool. Allegedly. Alleged. Sorry. Allegedly sorry. Hit in the back of the head. Allegedly hit a kid in the back of the head. You can't get sued. All right. We don't have enough. Spot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Allegedly. Daniel, Allegedly. how do you feel about Bogo for Norris being on the team? You know, like oh, that guy's Instagram. Uh, but uh, yeah, I like it. Right head shot. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, he. It's the same thing that we talked about. Like, he's the kind of guy where, you know, he really rejuvenated himself. And I think at the perfect time where he is right now, 29, 30, where he's showing that there's so much more he could kind of do. You know, I think he's kind of reinvented himself when Tampa gave him that chance. You know, in Buffalo, 
everybody wrote him off and then suddenly the lightning take him up and they show like you know you're just not using him properly and i think he's coming into a lineup now in toronto where they know how to use him properly they know how to win i think and they mm-hmm. know how to really kind of you know have this culture around it that you know this is a team like you know we're in it and i think that just kind of shows that you know bringing him in on this on this deal and uh, like allegedly like on um i think it was pierre lebrun who talked about it where um he accepted less money to come to toronto because he just liked the fit i love to hear that players who want to play in toronto or play for their Um, team just before i don't know exactly where you're going at him but he kind of confirmed that um there was gonna be a meeting between him and dubis back in february he confirmed it on Hockey Central today, but uh, he said they pulled out. Obviously, this was after David Aries, mm-hmm. that whole mumbo jumbo. I was a little upset after that, but yeah, Black, Black Friday. It was it was my worst nightmare. Yeah, the um, only good thing that came out of it is I somehow got on Live Laugh Leafs. That was the only good part. That was it. Hey, Mike Stevens, uh, how are you? <laughs> um, <laughs> question for both of you i'll start yeah, with daniel um because alex and i did talk about it before so i i know what he's gonna say but uh, first daniel where does bogosian play and why is it with morgan riley just kidding just no. where, where, where do you see him fitting up and fitting in in the lineup I think he's a guy that, you know, he's probably going to go. I, okay, this is my opinion. I think he is going to jump over Justin Hall on really? the depth chart. Yes, I think it's just. I are like. You, okay. Are you I like, about to say he's going to play with Jake Muzzin? I think that'd be a great fit, to be honest. Um, That's I think a lot he, of ha- he has, yeah, he has a lot of experience <laughs> playing in this league already. I think Justin Hall is an excellent player, but I just kind of feel that where you kind of put him in the top four doesn't really like sit well with me. And I think it's going to happen sooner than later because the Leafs they're going in, you know, if they sign Travis Dermott, yeah. um, seven capable guys for six spots. Right. And that's, that's a good problem to have. That's, that's good. Um, Alex. That is, is a, I can't even think about that. That's like more grit than the entire team has had for the last five years on one defensive pairing. The Bash brothers. Oh my God. I didn't realize you brought it up. Zach Bogosian's 30. I did not realize he was only 30. I thought he was well into his, um, well into his thirties. Um, do you want me to sh- kind of project what I have? my defense pairs at, or you want to leave that for later? Um, every, all their other signs are forwards, right? Yeah. I don't know what Travis Boyd is, but no okay, center. then yeah, yeah. Why is all, yeah, yeah. Go okay. ahead. So do you, I've been, it, do you have it written down? I uh, no, I have it in my head. He's written down in his mind. Okay. Yeah. I was going to just cause I was going to turn that into a plug for the YouTube. If we have, oh, well you can, sorry. I, it's just, I ha, I've been thinking about it all day and it's been changing every hour. Cause I can't figure out. I've been thinking nonstop because I've heard multiple people, like multiple trusted people. I trust say, talk about Zach Bogosian playing with Morgan Riley. And I don't know if I like it. Maybe because I have this really poor mindset of Zach Bogosian, but 
list, I was listening to Live Laugh Leafs. Justin Cuthbert was talking about it and saying, well, he was one of the guys who was in not in the bubble, but in the arena watching the games. And he said, watching Zach Bogosian play, it looks like he can actually compliment Morgan Riley the most based on how he played with Victor Hedman. And I know what you're going to say. Victor Hedman's not Morgan Riley. I know. But Zach Bogosian, let, when he played with Victor Hedman, let Hedman kind of roam free and do his thing. And Morgan Riley looked best playing next to Ron Hainsey, who let him do his thing. And I'm talking myself into Zach Bogosian playing with Morgan Riley. And I don't know if I like it. Well, fin- fin- finish. Okay, then go through the rest of your defensive pairings, and then Dale and I will have a have a little, okay. little peek. So, if my first pairing is Riley and Bogosian, mm-hmm. my second pair is Muzzin Brody. My third pair. <laughs> Sorry, my third pair is Lightnin. Dermot, and then you have Justin Hall as your seven. I think I know, I know, but because they said Dubis came out and said Dermot is going to play on the right side, or they're going to try it, like actually try it, not rumored. That's what he right. So finally, I've heard. Listen, I trust Chris Johnson. I trust him with my deepest. Well, I wouldn't trust him because he'd probably leak it. I tr- I trust in what he says. <laughs> he, he's a, he's a hockey insider. I wouldn't trust him with my deepest darkest secret. It's just true. I didn't think about it before I said it. I trust him when it comes to. <laughs> I trust him when it comes to hockey and not like when he says something about hockey. I trust him, right? I was never gonna get over it. I don't... <laughs> What, what what happened? What happens to Rasmus Sandin? Uh he probably starts in the AHL. All right, <laughs> Daniel, say what you want. I need to get some data right. All right. Um, yeah, I kind of agree with it too. Just I think, as much as I've said again, I like Justin Hall. I think he's just been overvalued a bit on this team because he plays the right side. It just with what they have now and what they could kind of work with, I think he gets squeezed out at this point. Um, he's a guy with, I has the least experience in the NHL. He's someone that, you know, a great story. You know, he kind of worked his way up being a university guy and then making it for Toronto after the Blackhawks didn't resign, didn't sign him mm-hmm. as a prospect. At, but at this point, I think you're going to have to go with who is your best six. And I think that, that there it is what what Alex said like it's just right there now like you know Miko Lettinen was you know this is a guy that you know he was pretty hyped up coming out of Europe that you're not going to make him your seventh defenseman no it, and the, what I was the reason I brought up CJ is that he he was on SD the uh, last or second last I guess well, by the time this comes out second last because they just came out with one but um talking about Miko Lettinen and how like tr- his trusted guys in Europe um, really value Miko Lettinen. Mm-hmm. So I do think Miko Lettinen's going to be in the starting, like in the top six. I don't think that's necessarily a question. I think that, and, and I didn't get to say it before. I think the team goes with seven defensemen. Mm-hmm. 
It's the, I don't think it's the worst thing. I mean, there could they be. They can nice. do it. I wonder if you like maybe you scratch a Spezza or a Simmons because of the condensed schedule. Nothing against their play. And I, I, I'd like to see more seven defensive line. Tampa did it a few times in the playoffs. Did they I think not? they did it a lot yeah. during the playoffs. And Lennon, by the way, I think he was just named defenseman of the week as well, right? In the, yeah. the KHL. I, be- he, uh, I believe he has 13 points in eight games. He's ass. And like, and I know people will say, well, the KHL. And, like, and I, I've, been, I've read the same things, Alex. Are these guys legitimately saying he is a top four defenseman? And a lot of people are going to say, um, Shoshnikov and that, but I mean, like guys, the KHL is our, is the second best league in the world. I mean, I look at how big Radulov has been for the Dallas Stars, right? I mean, yeah, he's real. He is real. I, I mean, don't, I wanted Montreal again really badly, and you bastards took him. I, I don't think it's the same. Like what I've heard about about Lettinen isn't the same what I heard about Ilya Mikheyev is not what the same I heard about Igor Orzhiganov is not what I heard about Nikita Soshnikov. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't a random Russian player hopping overseas. Daniel, anything to say about Lettinen on your end? I'm pretty hyped to be honest. Um, I think that, you know, it gives them a lot of time now to see what they want with Rasmus Sandin. They don't have to really rush the kid anymore. And I don't think they were. I think he really did earn the call-ups he got. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this is a guy that he wants to play. He is the best when it comes to the increased role that they don't have to thrust him in anywhere anymore. And But at the same time, too, like, you know, that's such a great added insurance for mm-hmm. Toronto. Like, worst comes to worst, if someone goes down, like, like no problem. They have that that proven replacement in the system already. If Martin Marincin has to touch NHL ice, something is seriously wrong. There is, um, you know, something I'm, I'm just like that's going through my head right now is um, we're talking about maybe Dermot not making it. Shall we very thought for Timothy Lilleran? Yeah, we love you, dude. But um, oh, I want him to make the NHL so bad, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so we'll go to another signing by the Leafs. Jimmy VC, one year, nine hundred thousand dollars. They finally did it. They got. It. They we won. We won. Yes, we won the Jimmy VC sweepstakes. So for for those of you who don't know, Jimmy VC was a big name coming out of um Harvard. college hockey a few years ago, and it was the biggest freaking deal in the world. I remember who was going to win the VC sweepstakes. Then he came into New York, and he's not. A terrible NHLer. He is a a very good depth player, but man, <laughs> and that's what the Leafs are getting. But like we joke about the sweepstakes, and there was the joke, obviously, of you trade Nylander if you get VC. I know they have both, but man, I mean, oh Jimmy, Jimmy freaking VC, man. I, I mean, <laughs> take it, take it away, Alex. Again, this is a a nice cheap depth option. I get like I think. I I don't really want to mix him in, but we're going to do it anyways. Him and Travis Boyd, who's a center, mm-hmm. who again, like these are kind of, I think, you know, you lose Janssen and Kappen and, and we'll get to the Janssen trade. I, I think these are real depth pieces. I don't necessarily, like I could see Jimmy VC playing on the third line. I do see him more as a fourth line guy at the moment. If he impresses, I can see him. I don't even like listen. We, you know, what name we haven't talked about, or at least I haven't thought about in a while. Pierre Engvall, like, where's yeah. that guy slotting in the lineup? Like, we're just assuming he's going to be, like, I mean, 
the more we think about it, the less it seems Nick Robertson's going to be a full-time NHLer. So maybe Pierre Engvall slots in that third line left wing role. And if Jimmy VC impresses, let's move that guy up. It's so I think VC is a more of an NHLer than Travis Boyd is, but at the end of the day, they're both depth pieces. Yeah. Daniel. Yeah. I was kind of, I don't know. I've always kind of had second thoughts or, you know, I have a lot, I'm a bit more reserved when it comes to like, you know, these lower picked, NCAA standouts because the way I kind of see it is that you just never really kind of know what's going to happen. Like I remember when Daddy DeKaiser was really hyped up as being an undrafted guy coming out of Michigan. And then, you know, he's become solid for the Red Wings, but you know, he's not, you know, he's not Nicholas Lidstrom. Um, But at the same time too, like, you know, we've we've looked at the NCAA products before, like, you know, Adam Fox, uh, Dante Fabro these this last year they've they've really kind of shown it. I think it's just with Jimmy VC just it's the same thing that happened with Justin Schultz that you hype this guy up playing who played four years of university decides not to sign with the team that drafts him and you're just the expectations are just way too high and I think that's what burned him. Mm-hmm. I think he's still going to be a great player. It just and you know it was a very solid depth signing for the Leafs, but I think it's just. I know it just. I think it's just coming out of the sweepstakes what they had before and what they actually have in him now has really put things into a lot of perspective. Of you know, we where did it kind of go wrong? Was it the development? Because he's the, the skill is there. It's just, it just. I I don't know what kind of happened with him in New York. Hey, um, if there's a team that could probably unlock a player skill, maybe help them put it together. I mean, VC. If there's an injury or two and he can move up. He could really help out. Um, uh, do you guys want to move on from VC or anything else to say? No, nothing else. Depth guy. Um, Interesting. Yeah, sweet. And he's cheap. Um, which exactly. Is, everyone needs that right now. Um, even though, uh, I mean, nothing. I'm going to bring that up later. Never mind. Um, another signing, a depth signing, yeah. a third goalie signing. Even though I think they, I think Kasky Swole deserves a shot. Damn it. Um, but Aaron Dell, former uh, goalie of the San Jose Sharks, yeah. signs in Toronto for a year, eight hundred thousand dollars. Guys, I I just like Kasky Swell. He's funny. He, he went to I don't know if you saw he signed in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Kasky yeah. Swell? Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. When did this happen? Uh, yesterday, I think. Yeah, when he thanked the Marlies for four years. Yeah. Oh, you didn't See, know? I didn't know Gustafson had signed with uh, Chicago until I looked oh. to the notes today. Uh, my apology. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. He signed uh, yesterday or two days ago. Wait, did you well, mean Gustafson with Philadelphia? Who did, Eric did I Gustafson. Who, Eric who did Gustafson? I yeah, Eric Chicago. No, what? he went to Philadelphia. No, I, I know, but Adam said Chicago. Oh, Oh, it's okay. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, it's nine p.m. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. It's it's interesting. It's a good third guy, right? Like I think that's kind of what he is for this team. Like I don't really think he's battling for the backup spot. I think the team's very content with Jack Campbell as mm-hmm. a backup. I think that's kind of why they got him. Um, and you know. Where they really struggled last year is, you know, I believe Freddie went down for some period of time and they were stuck with 
Campbell, I think, was still in was in the organization, and and uh, Michael Hutchinson. Oh, I'm bad. sorry, Michael. Like, it's just not. Listen, he's a great guy, but your cousin Matthew's also a really nice guy, by the way, Mom. <laughs> really nice guy, actually. I bet. I bet they're great. It's just it didn't work out in Toronto. And it and it didn't really work out in Colorado. Uh, okay I guess like that one game. I guess. Yeah. But yeah, like I think he's a much better option, in my opinion, option in my opinion, than Michael Hutchinson. And I think you know he doesn't have a whole lot of NHL experience. I believe he's played a hundred games. But for you know Joseph Wall and Ian Scott, I think this guy could be a a good mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, I he spent most of his time, like he spent the last four years being a backup to Martin Jones. So he'll be used to maybe high scoring chances against because San Jose are terrible. I guess so. Yeah. Brent Burns. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, um, he yeah he's not a vet, not a lot of games, but yeah yeah as Alex is saying here, but there are worse options for a third goalie. Yeah, definitely. Like I like that NHL experience he had. I think, to be honest, he was a bit misplaced with the amount of games the Sharks were giving him when Martin Jones struggled. Yeah, but where he is right now, where he's not really going to challenge Jack Campbell or anything, he is a great insurance policy to have, and he's someone that you know you could probably keep around beyond this year to see you know what they kind of have in him or how they want to kind of use him. But like, I really see this guy as playing like a few games here and there if needed. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what could be worse. You can have Mike Smith as your backup goalie. We we will get that. We will get to Edmonton later. Sorry, I just meant to say that. <laughs> oh, that was bad. They really swung and missed with Sorry. Markstrom. Um, and then Smith took him to the cleaners. Anyway, um, we'll get the signings in a second. I think, yeah. You know what? Let's just finish with Travis Boyd now. Then we'll get to you. Well, I don't have much to say about much. Travis Boyd. Like he's a depth guy. I don't really see him touching NHL ice just because I don't necessarily think the Leafs are done making moves. Um, Daniel, do you have anything to say about Travis Boyd? Same thing too. Insurance policy that you know he's he'll play meaningful minutes on the Marlies, but he'll call up. He'll be called up if something happens. He'll be like Nick Payton 2.0. Thank God. Okay. Uh, then good. Um. A beloved Toronto Maple Leafs, unfortunately, had to be uh, dealt because of cap situations. That was the Mango. Yeah. Andres Johnson gets dealt to the New Jersey Devils. A nice pickup for the Devils if Johnson can stay healthy. In exchange for Joey Anderson. Uh, and, and Alex, I'll throw it to he, you here first because um, last episode you mentioned about Rachel Dory talking about him. Of course, she used to work for the Devils. She knows what she's talking about. Um, Let's tackle first. What are the Leafs getting in a guy like Joey Anderson? And then after that, we can maybe just reflect on, on Janssen. So Joey so Anderson. from what I've read, they first saw him as a Blake Coleman type guy. And, and the more then, and now I've been reading, maybe he's, he can look to be in the style of play of Zach Hyman, which listen, I, I think the Leafs need a guy like that. Like another guy like that, especially with Zach Hyman entering the last year of his contract, we don't really know what what the future with future of Hyman is with this team. I really do hope hope they can re-sign him. It's it's just cap reality at this point, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. I think from the Leafs' perspective, 
I think at this point, no matter what trade they made, it was going to be that they were getting pennies on the dollar. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. like you just look at what's going on around around the league. Uh, we talked about last episode, Schmidt, Nudie, Vara, Statsny. Like they weren't going for market value. And and I'm going to commend Kyle Dubas for making the Kapanen trade before the draft when things seemed to absolutely go haywire. Getting a first-round pick for Kapanen was, I think, a very good move on Kyle Dubas's part. I wish he moved Janssen at that time too. Maybe the market wasn't there, whatever the case may be. I think it's, it's a, they had to get rid of that salary. Like it was just the reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel, your thoughts. Yeah. I think getting something of value of Joey Anderson, I've been pretty familiar with his play. Are you playing the world juniors? Yes. Uh, him yeah, and his brother, go. Mikey Anderson, but they oh. played for the United States. Um, yes um i remember like they I, that game was kind of on display where it was a bit of that gritty two-way kind of guy high energy type of guy that you know it's another asset that least could get he's only 22 he's a third round pick in 2016 you know it's not like you know you're trading pennies on the dollar and i'm not saying that you know he's gonna come up right away or anything but you know it's a known commodity where you could get someone that could actually contribute now than like what I think other teams were getting where, you know, the fifth, the fourth, you know, a low third or something. And just seeing where that goes, I think Halupas actually went out and said, let me get someone that we kind of view could be, you know, could be beneficial to the whole system right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hey, Good little bit of asset management. Too bad no one is going to give him the credit. Um, I like Dubis. I really, even as a Habs fan, God, I love Dubis. I really do. Um, by the way, Mango, that's a good nickname. We don't have a lot of those in the NHL. Yeah. But Mango is a damn good nickname. And for a seventh round pick, again, that's mm-hmm. what Janssen was. That's really, really good. And you, you hope he can stay healthy for New Jersey because that is a damn good player at the same time. Um, we'll go off New Jersey a little later. They did sign Corey Crawford. Later on in the show, we'll talk about Craig Smith, Kevin LeBanc, all those type of guys. We'll look at uh, who's still available on the free aging board because there are surprisingly some damn good quality names out there. Um, you mentioned a little bit. Daniel, um, about Dan, when Dermot signs a legitimate top six or seven sort of defensive core, at least I'm going on here. Uh, before we get to Clifford and Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe, that type of stuff, how confident right now, because as you said, Alex, the Leafs probably aren't done here. Um, how do you guys feel about the defensive core compared to what it's been the past couple of years as it stands? And uh, I'll start. I'm going to start with Daniel just because right now on my Zoom call, your face is already there. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, like compared to like what they kind of had in the past, where they brought up certain guys that I think they were really misplaced on where they were. Like we talked about the consistency of Ron Hainsey, but you know that was not a long term thing. Or you know Cody CC coming in or like Nikita Zaitsev like these type of guys where I think same thing what I've said before like Justin Hall they've been overvalued for their right hand shot and what the Leafs kind of have now is the consistency and this is something that you know we've talked about before when we went to 31 thoughts is what Chris Johnson talked about where you know we were excited I remember the enthusiasm we had like Tyson Berry 
coming in. But, you know, now I think I'm even more confident with TJ Brody being more of that responsible guy who could really anchor that right side now. And a lot of these other guys that are, like, you know, complementing the talent they already had, you know, like I don't think it's just Morgan Riley and friends anymore. I think it's just everything is kind of working for them. And like we saw like how important Jake Muzzin was when he went down. And I think that even though I, everyone loves him, I still think, you know, Calibers needs to be applauded for that trade because at the time I was still really hung up on Carl Grundstrom, but now looking back on him, like it was worth it. Jake Muzzin was a guy that like they absolutely needed. And I didn't know it at the time. Daniel, you're, you're not allowed to applaud Kyle Dubas. Okay. <laughs> That's just not allowed. You have to be a rebel. That's hey, those are the only people, um, but yeah. Alex, when yeah. he was listing the likes, when Daniel, sorry, you're, you're here, not you're not his. When Daniel was listing the likes of um of CC, like Zaitsev, you know in Jaws when you yeah. first um they met the crazy crazy fisherman okay. and there's the blackboard and he puts his nails to insert scratching. Is that what you hear when you hear some of those defensemen? <laughs> it's like it's yeah. like the music starts playing. It's like da da, da da. <laughs> That's what it's like. It's like oh my god, someone's gonna bite me. I don't know. Whatever. Um, I don't want to think about that because I think I'm the most confident in this defensive core than I've ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, either way, Morgan Riley has a defensive partner. Um, who's I think Zach Bago? Even if it's Zach Bogosian, I'd make the argument he is the, his. It would be his best defensive partner. Yeah, better than Zaitsev, better than CC. But wait, 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 wait! Slowly say the first name again. Better than Zaitsev. Nah, nah. <laughs> better than CC. Nah, nah. Better than Jake Gardner. Uh, I don't know if he's better than Jake Gardner, but um, Jake Jake Gardner in Game Sevens. Ooh, Jake Gardner in Game Sevens. Okay. Da, da, da. <laughs> um, Tyson Bear Wolf. <laughs> giving me nightmares. Stop it. Stop it. Uh, but either it's Bogosian, whether it's Bogosian, Dermot, um, or Brody, like he has a a, a competent defensive partner which leaves Muzzin with another competent defensive partner. Everyone's really high on Miko Lettinen. Justin Hall, okay, maybe he's not $2 million, but he is still a competent right-hand defenseman. I, I take back all the bad things I've said about him in the early episodes. I was I was under the, under the spell of Mike Babcock. That is my excuse. Um, <laughs> right, so I think the, the core that they have there and – Still, Rasmus Sandin waiting, kind of in the wind, in the wings. Um, I'm, I'm very confident in this. I'm more confident in this decor than I was last year and two years ago. And Daniel's right. That Jake Muzzin move, that Jake Muzzin move changed a lot for this team. Mm-hmm. It did. Uh, so Kyle Clifford was a Leaf. Unfor- not anymore. Yeah. Unfortunately, not. So yeah. Not he turned down a three-year deal, and I believe the AAV was one point five off the top of my uh, head. I don't remember. I remember it was it was over one million. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out deal down with the Leafs. Ends up, ends up signing in St. Louis. It's a two-year deal, one million dollar AAV. Uh, oh, like it's Kyle. a tough one. I like Kyle Clifford. Right. I think he brought something to this team. 
that no one did. Uh, he, I didn't see that type of snarl from Kapanen and Dermott before, like ever. And I think, you know, Wayne Simmons coming, we're going to see more of that. Zach Bogosian uh, on the team, we're going to see more of that snarl. But I'm start like I'm thinking about it, and maybe it was best for the team to to let him walk. Because I don't necessarily think the Simmons signing happens if Kyle Clifford resigns. Um. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like I I think you know what maybe he wanted to test the market. I don't think anyone had any idea. We all we knew it was going to be a fiasco. I don't think we realized it was going to be like this. No, yeah. it it's been a it's been a hit, hasn't it, Daniel? When you don't, I don't know, it's like you bet on yourself too much, I think, with that. I think with Kyle Clifford, I think it was kind of best. I I got into the whole thing where, you know, he was that gritty guy the Leafs needed, and I really wanted them to resign him. But, you know, I, I like Jack Campbell, but, you know, it was still a bit of a package that I still look back on where I think that where the Leafs were with it, I, I don't I didn't like it too much at the time and the fact that if he did resign it would become a second round pick. Yeah. And I just don't think he was worth that. Mm-hmm. I um, that. Well before actually no no we'll start with Joe. Um there have been whispers. Well it's always kind of been there, but now with him he's in Switzerland right now. Joe Thornton to the Leafs. Question mark. It's like the fifth time we've mentioned this, like in a year. <laughs> well, it was brought up the same year Patty Marlowe signed that contract. Yeah, and it has been brought up every off season since. If I'm giving my honest assessment, and I think Adam and I, while we were on break, we were talking about this. I don't necessarily see the fit at the moment because. Let's think if if they do the eleven forward seven D, your your fourth line is Jason Spezza, Wayne Simmons, and you fit whoever the hell you want in center. You can fit Tavares, you can fit Nylander, uh not Nylander, fit Matthews, you can fit whoever you want in that center position. And Wayne Simmons, like you do you really need I'm thinking about this. Do you really need a fourth line center for this team? Not if you run seven D. And again, as you say, you have one of those top guys slotting in there. Right. Uh, I don't like, you don't really need that fourth line center. You can fit whoever you want there. Spezza can play, both Spezza and Simmons can actually play on the power play. Uh, just stick Wayne Simmons in front of the net. Mm-hmm. Done. That's it. That's power play two. That's it. Right. So I don't necessarily see the fit for Joe Thornton. Daniel. I kind of agree. Like with his style of play, I still love the guy, but it's just, if you asked me this last off season, I'd say, yes, definitely go get him. But I think the Leafs have made so many great moves already to kind of address the depth at the bottom six that I don't see it. I don't see the fit anymore there. Like I think if you want that veteran leadership type of guy in your lineup already you know you have jason spezza already i think it's just at this point with the other signings you've made i don't know if like you are not committed to having alex kerfoot being in the center position but what i kind of think is 
you know, the need has already been addressed. I, I yeah. don't see Joe Thornton really making a meaningful contribution at the team, not because of his play, just of how crowded it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did try and make the pitch to Alex to get a Joe Thornton. Just because, man, wouldn't it, there is no personality quite like Joe Thornton, except maybe Brent Burns. There are never has this league had such a unique personality. It could man, couldn't you? I know that there was a word that Tyson Berry was going to be the type of guy that was like, if you have a bad stretch of games, that he could be like, yuck, yuck, oh, isn't this great? And I don't really think it turned out that way. Good luck in Edmonton. We'll get there in a second. Yeah. But I could just imagine, and it's it's I, on the ice again. I, I think you're going to get more out of Spezza in this stages of their careers. Like Joe Thornton's the first ballot Hall of Famer, obviously. Yeah. Um, and in their primes, I take Joe Thornton over Spezza. Yeah. No offense. Um, no, that's fair. But um, it doesn't help that Spezza was stuck in Ottawa. Sorry. Um, but I, I just think of the Ottawa off ice stuff of like, wouldn't you just love to like come off a of practice and there's Jumbo with his skunk beard? And it just fits because people seem to hit, because people hate Dubis. And wouldn't it just be great to like, to annoy the hockey man of there's the beard, there's the posing for ESP and body issue. It's just uh, Jumbo, such a just seems like I'm gonna be his friend. Adam, Adam, I'll tell you exactly what the hockey guys, the hockey guys would say, right? Because it it fits all the things that they're that we the team needs: leadership, experience, grittiness. Right? He fits practically everything. You know what team he played for in juniors? Oh, yeah, he played for Sault Ste. Marie. He played for Sault Ste. Marie. So, therefore, even though Kyle Dubis, I think he might have been a child at the time because that's how old Joe Thorne is. They'll come up with something, Adam. They always do. What's what's kind of funny is like I thought you were gonna go with and they should have kept Marlowe because they wouldn't have had to trade the fur. I thought you already no. had a vet. We'll talk about him because he's a former Leaf. Um if if Patrick Marlowe plays 45 games this year, he will break Gordy Howe's record for the most NHL games ever played. You know it'd really suck if if they if they only play had a 41 game season. Oh my gosh. Or if they play 44 and for the 45th game they fire Bob <gasps> Boucher, bring in Mike Babcock. He's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> we all love Mike Badano. I'm not playing you the rest of the season. No, Mike Babcock. I I don't know what to think about him. But. Uh, neither do I. Okay, um, that's all for the main Leaf stuff. Now we have the other notable signings around oh, the league. Then we yeah. will look at who is still available. We'll start with a former Leaf. We've been teasing yeah. it for we've been teasing it since seven o'clock our time. Um, oh, sorry, the lighting's crap. Like my okay. ceiling fan, it's broken, so the fan goes, so the auto gets messed up. So I have a lamp. That's you can okay. Kind of see it behind me. Let me move over. And- when we started no worries, this episode, no I was using sunlight. For- it was yeah, light. It was light, light outside. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel okay. and his scrambled eggs. Yes. So, um, Tyson Berry has talked about when he left Toronto not that long mm-hmm. ago about how harsh the media was. So harsh, yeah. So I want you to imagine. Okay, I'm gonna close my eyes for this. That you're a Boston Red Sox, okay. and you don't like the media. You okay. think it's too hard to play, so you go to the New York Rank, New York Yankees. 
You don't like playing for Tottenham because there's two as a chat. So you go and to like Barcelona. Does that make sense for soccer? I don't know. I don't think so. But you don't okay. like the attention for Dallas for the Cowboys. So okay. you go to the Patriots. Ooh. So Tyson these are some, these are yeah, some great I'm, references. I'm trying. I'm trying, people. You don't like the harsh expectation in Mercedes, so you go <laughs> to Aston Martin Red Bull Racing and Chris. He's a second Martin. driver. And as the second driver under Helmut Marco, okay. Okay, we uh, we get so, it. We get it. So Tyson Berry is complaining about the Toronto media. So he signs in Edmonton, one year, three point seven five million dollars for Tyson. We'll get to Mike Smith in a second. Wait, I don't. I don't. Is that hate, everything? Can I open my yes, eyes? Okay. Open your eyes. Okay. I don't hate the signing for Edmonton. To be honest with you, I do. Like, this is going to help Tyson Berry pad his stats. Yeah. But my dear God, what is he thinking? I mean, he did walk back his comments in the same interview, which I'm like, come on, man. Just eat, take them. Take the comments. Eat them up. Don't walk them back. I would, But whatever. Um, like, yes, the media is tough. It's just a reality. But have you looked in Edmonton? Like, have you ever looked in Edmonton? Look at the replies of a game between the Leafs and the Oilers. Yeah. You like I'd argue that the media's okay, they're I think they're on par. And I think the only reason it's harsher here is because there's like three times the report the reporters doing reporting on the Leafs here. Mm-hmm. What else is there in Edmonton? The Eskim the the Edmonton football team? <laughs> They haven't changed it yet, have they? I, I don't know what no, they not did. Yet, I think. God damn it. I don't yeah, know. I, is there, I, yeah. I think they have a soccer team, I think, but that's in like the second Canadian division. I don't really know. If he turns the puck over once to Matthew Kachuk, oh. <laughs> it's going to be a nightmare. Daniel, mm-hmm. what's Tyson thinking? I don't know. I think he was going to a place where he wants to be the guy again, I think. In a way where not 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 like where he could kind of excel in a way where I think he's going to be given a bit more not the media, but I think of the freedom aspects of his actual play, but the Edmonton comments. I think Okay, the way I kind of see it is maybe I, I don't know. I'm, this is going to be a huge stretch and it's probably not even true. But maybe he knows he could hide behind McDavid and Dreisaitl in a way that the media kind of goes to them. And it's it's a thing where he goes somewhere where maybe he's not going to get as criticized because, you know, like Darnell Nurse is going to take up most of the minutes. Adam Larson's going to sure. come back healthy. Oscar Clefbaum might be out for the season, but, you know, there's still, there's still Ethan Bear that will take up some of the minutes. So I think Tyson's in a position where he could play that offensive defensive and power play type of quarterback again but you know they're not gonna have that expectation where, where they said you know you traded Kadri to get this guy you traded a fan favorite you traded you know a high price commodity in an established center to get him but now he goes on a cheaper deal and I don't think I think maybe that's what he meant where like the spotlight's not gonna be on him the same way but I know it's still Edmonton I here's what I may be thinking because I believe Elliot Friedman said he took less 
because uh, I believe it was Vancouver was offering him around six, but then Friedman made the point of he was going to be the guy behind Hughes. So he's it's 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 betting on yourself for sure. I think and, it's a good bet. Yeah, because if if Adam Larson is gone for a while, which it looks like he will be, Clef then Clefbaum. Yeah, Oscar Clefbaum. Yeah, why did I say Adam? Did I say Adam Clefbaum? Adam Larson, you said. Oh wow. Okay, I was no. You just okay. love the ad. You love okay. saying Adam. It's okay. You know what? I was almost about to say great name because it was Adam. <laughs> I'm that self-centered that I I will follow the wrong player anyway. Um, because if if Larson, I almost said it again. Because if Clefbaum is gone, then and if Barry is going to be that power play guy, it's McDavid, Leon, Nuge. Kalamoto, Yamamoto. Here you go. Here you go. Here you right. go. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Here I think are. I think both of you make very good points. Uh, it makes a lot of sense for Tyson Berry. That's the that's the thing. It only makes sense for Tyson Berry. But yes, he's going to rack up the points and he's going to go get paid next summer. Who's going to? Do you think the Edmonton Oilers are going to pay him flat cap? They barely have cap space, anyways. Uh, probably not. Um, the thing that, and I said this at the beginning of the year, and they did, they haven't changed it. The team, the thing that this team lacks, is proper goaltending, and we're going to get to the goaltending mm-hmm. and the def- actual defense. What was their downfall against Chicago? They couldn't stop the puck going in the net. <laughs> No. Kuba League had a five-point game, didn't he? Yeah, it was a game. First game, right? And listen, Tyson Berry oh. is a Tyson Berry's a good player. I, I don't think anyone's disputing that. And and I think there were people disputing that in Toronto, but they just don't like Kyle Dubas. And I, that's that's the fact. Um he is a good offensive defenseman. When he playing under Sheldon Keefe. He he looked very good under Mike Babcock. Different story. What did what more offense? Everyone's complaining about Toronto being offense, 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 and then we turn the same people turn and look at Edmonton and say, "Wow, you know they really needed Tyson Berry." No, they didn't. They didn't need Tyson Berry. They need an actual defenseman. And they didn't address their goaltending. So I'm not even like if they got Markstrom, I would have said, you know what? I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They got Markstrom. That's 10 times better than Smith and Koskinen, but they didn't. Right. So, um, yeah, apparently this is again from Elliot Friedman, my bull, our friend of the show. Friend of the show. He said that, um, they 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 were they were sure they were gonna go. They were gonna offer him a max seven year contract. Um and, and no, he went he went to Calgary. Down the province. He went to their biggest rival. So and of course by then, um Talbot went to Minnesota. Uh, I guess Christ didn't want to go there. They didn't think it was a good enough option. Holtby. Holtby was going to Vancouver, even though I don't think he's much of an upgrade anymore, unfortunately. Um, so they had to go back to Mike Smith, and they signed him up for $1.5 million. Man, they I want Edmonton to be good. I, I made I made an effort to watch more of Edmonton and Conor McDavid last year. 
And of course, I, I I think we all tried our best to pay attention to the Chicago series. Yeah. And he was un- in, a, in Bobby Orr's book. There is a part where uh, Bobby, where Don Cherry says if there was a league above the NHL, that's where Bobby Orr would have played. Huh. When I watch Connor McDavid, I think that same thing. That if there was a league above there, Connor McDavid should be playing in in the like NHL plus. Yeah. And are they going to take that much of a step forward? Yeah, Yamamoto's going to be better, but I mean, yeah, the back end is a whole. Be honest. Be honest. Has this team improved? They haven't moved the dial, I think. They are just treading water. You gave up at this point. Yeah. You gave up two second round picks for Andreas Athanasio. You couldn't (laughs) even qualify him. You bring in Kyle Turris. That's a sneaky good move. Sneaky good move. Yeah. You retain Tyler Ennis. Thankfully, I guess, like you gave up a fifth round pick for him. What else? What else? Does Connor McDavid have a winger? You know what it screams to me? It screams like every offseason Mark Bergman has had before this one. <laughs> so we'll have to wait till next summer then to see the real moves. Apparently. I don't know. Like, listen, unless they have some guys who are going to take a next step and be in the NHL who are either in juniors or who are in the AHL or in Europe. At the moment, this team doesn't look like other than Kyle Turris, where they have not improved anywhere. I guess, um, like, and I will say one thing for Edmonton, because I feel we are being... I was going to say a bit harsh, but then, like, with that talent up front, you should be a little more expectation. Well, I I think they are assuming that some point soon, it's going to be Evan Bouchard and um, Philip Roberg. Roberg? Yeah. 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 Okay, good. Because I had him in in, in GM mode once, and he never grew. Um, Hopefully, he's better in real real life. All right, so I've been trying to trust him based on GM mode. Yeah, I mean, apparently not. Um, But, like, there is... Even if, like, there is something there for the future. It's just you. Just if I'm an Oilers fan, I I go to bed every night wondering, is this the year where we're so bad that we lose Connor, and he says enough is enough. And that's the question. It's, How long do you think it will take? It took Anthony Davis seven years in New Orleans. Well, well think of it. Is there? Are Buffalo just going to go out and sign Taylor Hall just for nothing? We, if Bob McKenzie brings up, yeah, there's nothing to it. But with Bob McKenzie comes out in the middle of the night in semi-retirement and talks about how there were Jack Eichel whispers, and there was speculation last lot was it last, last summer? Yeah, yeah, last summer. My time is so messed up that McDavid was going to give them two years. If they don't take a step forward again, if I'm Connor and I'm having, if I'm leading the playoffs still into the first round when we lose in the qualifier, I can't put up with that. I'm the best player in the world and you only get so many cracks at this thing. I I don't, what do you do? If you, if Connor McDavid comes to you and says, I want to be traded, I, I don't even know where to start. Like, how do you even look at a package like that? Oh, I, I know, I know. Carl Alsner. 
Wait, no. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Of I'm course just not. I'm just joking. Okay, so you trade him for Jimmy Carson, Martin Jell, and a $50 million in cash oh. and a first-round draft pick for three different years. That was the Wayne Gretzky trade, by the way. I'm still waiting it, for Martin Jell. It literally changed. Hockey. Oh, changed hockey for the better. Forever. Where were you guys when the trade broke out? I was hmm? not alive. What year did that happen, Daniel? Like 1988. My brother wasn't born yet, and he's eight years older than me. I remember when that happened. I just started at a Polytechnic Institute, now known as Ryerson. I know you're born in the 90s like us. No, no, Alex is 2000. Um, I legitimately yeah. thought you were serious for a second there. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Back to the Future in theaters. Uh. How was Star Wars when it first came out? Oh, it was great. We never seen anything like that. It was uh, my kids and I. When Alderaan gets blown up, apparently that effect was like, oh my god, what the hell is this? Back in the day, yeah, it was so yeah I remember. And nowadays, it looks like a stock effect. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'll tell you a team that's you know. No, I was gonna make some taking stock joke. It doesn't work. Corey Crawford signs in New Jersey, two years, three point nine million dollars per. And I'm going to steal this question because one of you put it on, on the dock and I'm too tired to think of anything else. Will these signings finally get the New Jersey Devils back on track? Good question. I think that was Daniel. <laughs> I, I don't think that was me. Because I was too hopeful about it. That's why. Um, the way I kind of see it is Corey Crawford goes in. He knows he still could play quite a bit. And, you know, he meant he's a mentor now. He mentors Scott Wedgwood. I love, I'm not Scott Wedgwood. Well, they did resign him. He mentors Mackenzie Blackwood. Yeah. Um, Scott Wedgwood. Well, they're both little junior guys. You know, we get confused. Oh, with my God. But, um, anyways. What tournament? <laughs> the real juniors. But, anyways, um, fun fact they're actually both goalies that didn't win Wedgwood and. Blackwood, but anyways, um, yeah, it kind of goes and gives stability to it because you know you're not using what a Keith Kincaid or you know like a demoralized Corey Schneider anymore. I'm talking about Keith Kincaid like that. I'm sorry, <laughs> but um, I really kind of feel that that gives them stability there, and it's you know Corey Crawford's a leader. He's yeah. This is what the Devils need. They need a lot more leadership because they have an embarrassment of young guys that I think could take the next step in their careers if they had more direction. And I think to a certain extent, they did have that with certain players, not with Taylor Hall. I was thinking like, you know, they had Andy Green, who I think is a natural leader, but it just didn't make sense to keep him where he is at 37 to say, you know, let's just see where this keeps going. I think trading him to the Islanders was a big move, but Getting Corey Crawford, a proven winner, a guy who's determined to want to play, especially how things kind of went with that offer from the Blackhawks, that I I think the Devils can do something about it. Like they could, they could, they could ice something of quality this time. Yeah, they made some sneaky. Well, maybe they weren't that sneaky, but like they made a couple of good moves. Uh, obviously. We talked about before the uh, Andreas Janssen trade. Um, that that would be an interesting thing. I, I don't know if you want to get to this now, Adam, because I I don't know if you want me to bring it up before about where Janssen fits with this team. Um, 
Sure, go ahead. I'll I'll talk no, I'm about just Crawford get- in a second. I don't mind waiting. I have to take some morphine again. So just okay. You talk while I do that. Sounds good. Um, I'm just gonna. Rachel Dory obviously tweeted about it, saying uh, she thinks that. Uh, where Janssen fits. She thinks it's with uh, Nico Hishier. Uh There's most definitely a skill difference between Tavares, Matthews versus Hishier Hughes, but he can get more opportunities to in New York, in New Jersey to be a key contributor. Um, so I, I do think that's definitely the case. I almost definitely take her word for it. Um, they all, uh, yeah, and and Ryan Murray. I I don't know if I mentioned yeah. right. Plus Corey yeah. Crawford. So I think they made a cup. They made three. Corey Crawford, being thirty-five, has gone through cup runs. Has I believe? Does he have three or two of them? He has two of them. Two, two. Yeah. right? So two cup rings. Imagine not just to Mackenzie Blackwood, but to that entire team. Now we know PK Subban's a, a leader, but. PK. Unfortunately, PK doesn't have the same experience that Corey Crawford has. Like, I think we just have to be frank here. Um, I'll be that furthest he went was well, he, he went to a cup final, but yeah, they unfortunately they never got over the hump. I was gonna say 2014 with the Haz, and I'm like, oh wait, yeah, he that's he went further with the preps. Yeah, but like the yeah, you're right. But I just think Corey Crawford has that extra. Edge over over PK Subban. Ryan Murray has has had his injury troubles. Hopefully, in New Jersey, he'll be uh, completely new. I think he's a top four top four guy, and I think he kind of fits in with the with Subban, Severson, and Butcher. And Janssen fits in that it's decor. It's uh, in that forward core. A young guy. He's only twenty. He's twenty five. Sorry, he's gonna turn twenty six in November. So. Mm-hmm. Still relatively young. Um, I think it's Heisher, by the way. He? What did I say? Heisher. Heisher. Yeah. Heisher. No, you, Heisher? So it's Heisher. You, but you, you say Heisher. Oh, Heisher. Yeah. Okay, sorry. sorry. And yep. I meant to be thingy, but no worries. Um, I understand. What was I going to say? Um, we yeah, didn't I talk like, about Jack Hughes either. Yeah, there's a reason why. Do something. Oh. I'm sorry. He seems like a nice boy. I was an article about it in the Athletic where they compared him, like you know, Joe Thornton technically had the worst first season. I think Joe Thornton had like what nine points. Oh yeah, it was underwhelming. Um, but you know, I like the moves they've done. The biggest criticism of them last season was they didn't get a goaltender, and now all of a sudden they have a good little tandem. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I didn't, I forgot about the Murray deal. I won't lie to you. There's been so I, I love free agency, but at the same time, I never remember like the whole, the whole summer is just kind of going on cap friendly and remembering who's where. And this sucks because EA have not yet done their roster update. So Ratchet, Romanov's not a hab, Toffoli's not a hab. They got to do Gallagher. I want to play GMO with the Habs, but I can't do it yet. I don't know if Romanov's going to be in the game for a while because I think I can hope so. We can all hope, absolutely. But I don't I'll, think until I'll he touches check the it ice, as well. until he touches touches NHL ice because he's a European guy. I don't know if they do if they he gets put into the game, which sucks. Which I mean, like they should have the KHL in the game, but no. Same with the American players. It's okay. 
But then the colleges are going to steal more money and not give it to the players. I thought they had, I I thought they were starting, they were allowed to do that. Remember there was a whole thing that NCAA, the football game is going to come back. Remember that that, uh, at some point during the pandemic, I don't remember when, but. I think I kind of remember that, but I didn't see Coe Caulfield when I started it up. And it, okay, um, where the frick are? Okay, this is a really, really piece, nice piece of business for the Dallas Stars. They signed Radic Faxa, uh, one of those underrated Selkie guys, for a five-year deal, only $3.25 million per. Hometown yeah. discount. So did Kadobin get more money? Like, term, obviously, less, but did Kadobin get, like, 3.5? Uh, I think you got 3.3 for a third line center in Selkie considerations. Is he that, a third line center? I think he normally is. Yeah. Who's their second it, line center? Because Rupe hints is what usually first. Then well, like no, Sagan was oh, off center. I, I right? keep getting confused. I got confused with Radic Faxa and Rupe hints. My yeah. bad. My bad. Nice, nice deal. Yeah. yeah. You like I, I do. I, I do think for a third line center for his, with his ability, it complements the team very well. I do wonder because he was hurt, if that affected this negotiation at all. I do question that. Cause he, if I remember always feeling like, where the hell is Radic? Fa- oh yeah. He's hurt. Yeah. Uh, and also like they still have half the Dallas team. Him. That's like been the story. Yeah, it was. Honestly. People didn't really talk. I don't think we really mentioned it. I think Alex, you may have brought, brought it up afterwards. Probably episode with Mike, but so much happens on those. Can oh, anyone yeah. really remember, to be honest? Um, and they, they still have to re-sign Dennis Gurionov. It yeah. sucks that this is the first time we could really, an offer sheet would make sense, but everyone is cash poor. It's like... Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And the Sens still haven't hit the floor. And they're not going to. Uh, well, they're going to hit the floor, barely. So... They have five million now because I think they signed Nick Nick Paul earlier today. Yes. Yeah. They only have listen, I bet Connor Brown and Chris Tierney bring them to the cap floor. They re-sign Rudolph Balsers and uh they're done for the year. Oh, sure. That sounds right. Um, this one really hurts. But uh, right. with the move the moves that Habs make, it's almost oh. they didn't target this guy because I like the other players kind of more, but the reason this sucks is the Boston Bruins get Craig Smith, the man who has my heart. Three years, $3.1 million per. And Pete Blackburn complimented his hair, and I said, I've been doing that for four years. I just want to say. He is a middle six winger who has – like he's produced 20-odd goals yeah. in that position. And what's really annoying is it's, it, it's a good thing that the Habs were not interested in this. Because apparently Patrice Bergeron was big in getting him in. Because if the Habs were interested and they didn't say, hey, so Shea Weber, you know the team you used to be a captain of? You know how Craig Smith was on that team? Give him a call. But, man, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. Because maybe if there's a stretch if Andre Kasha isn't – because he still hasn't scored in a Bruins uniform. Maybe yeah. you tried Craig Smith there. Like he's a, I think he's a type of Bruin player, Daniel. He's he's physical. He's big. He he's awesome. Just just like to point out the Andre Kasha trade. I think the Ducks won that trade because Jacob Perot fell in the draft. Listen, yeah. I hated that trade from the start. That's one of those few time few times. That's one of the times that Alex and I got into a bit of an argument because I was Why? like, 
Because I was all about, like, you made good points, like, second line, like, the kind of second line scorer they need. But I was all about, like, the guy's never healthy. But then, like, he's been healthy, but he hasn't scored. So it's not really fair. But Well, like, then there I was remember, the whole COVID incident. and Yeah. Yeah. So we, we I, I definitely, um, I hope he does well. But I remember, I remember Andre Koch. For, and again, he's a Bruin. You never want him to kind of get better because we don't need that in our life. <laughs> I'm curious. They they still have. I, I'm just pulling up their cap here. I don't know how much they they have a eleven ten point three. They still have to re-sign Jake DeBrusque and Matt Grizzlick, and they have to fix their left side. Oliver Ekman Larson and Jake DeBrusque is going the other way. I mean, Even I'd hate that deal. Vela Nikin. What's I forgot to say. Uko Vakanainen. Yes, they could call him up. Listen, I uh, I don't. <laughs> It's the Bruins' fault. Uh, they should have gotten. They could have gotten toward um, Tory Krug done. That's a hundred percent on them. If they go out and get OEL, I, I won't get over the fact they let Tory Krug go. Yeah. Because that's two million extra dollars. Two million. Especially if um if the rest does have to go the other way. Right. Um, Daniel. Craig Smith. I'm sorry, Adam. Thank you. Okay, I felt like that with Andre Kasha as well. So we both have our guys there. I don't know if Alex is gonna have his guy there. Do you have your guy there, Alex? Well, I don't think Parland Holmes a Bruin anymore. So, okay. <laughs> so oh no, no, he is, he is. He is. Greg okay. McKeg is now a Bruin as well. Signed this afternoon, so I do okay. have my guys yeah, there. We understand. I'm just gonna get up. We all made predictions based on who we think our respected teams could get. I predicted Josh Anderson for the Habs. He got it, and TJ yeah. Brody. Um, Daniel, you said Wayne Simmons. You also said Tyler Toffoli, so you got two right. Alex, um, unfortunately, so far, you did get TJ Brody. <laughs> did, wait, I didn't say Wayne Simmons? You do not have Wayne Simmons here. Who, did I, who else did I have by curiosity? Grabner, Dudas, Hamannick, and Brody. And then for the Habs, you had Hall, Smith, Hoffman, Gossespierre. Oh. There's still time. They could get Grabner. Yeah. Is Grabner still out there? He's yeah. still out there. Yeah. Mikael Grenlin is still out there. That's oh, true. yeah. We're, okay, okay. We're getting little. Oh, yes, stop, yes. Stop, of course, stop. of course. Sorry, getting, I'm just too we got, excited. We got a couple Kevin, more. Kevin LeBanc. Um, whoever put this in said it very well. I, I uh, deal. Good job, Alex. Slides under the radar, as Alex said here. Four-year deal, 4.724 is the AAV. I thought that if they did go through with their promise that it was going to be maybe a little more in the five range. And I don't think it's a, it's a terrible bet to make with Kevin LeBanc. Cause I, your shot just doesn't go away unless you're Claude Giroux with a massive wrist injury. Listen, I don't know if it was his necessarily a sh- his shot. Like he had, I'm looking here in 70 games. He had 33 points. He he was three goals away from what he had last year. I don't know if it was a shot. I don't know if it was the team. Or, I mean, I can guarantee you the team around him did not help, but I just don't think he was as good this year. And that's why the contract is not what we all expected it to be. Hey, my, uh, my opinion. Yeah. Daniel, will you ever complain about making 16, 17, $18 million in your life? Daniel? Probably not. Um, I hope not. You're, you're more humble than that. No, thanks. <laughs> but what I kind of felt is 
I really thought he tanked himself, to be honest, the way this year went. I didn't yeah. think they were still going to commit this money to him or this term. I think he really kind of botched the loyalty prove me deal. Not mm-hmm. because he's a bad player, but it just the way the season went and how the production went drastically down for him. But I think the Sharks, you know, they're in that weird upswing where I don't think they're like the Wild in any regard, in like a, the same regard, but they're a team that they cannot afford to tear anything down. They have to keep going. They have to kind of keep the talent they have, and they're going to have to say, like, you know, we have to look beyond the fact that, you know, we gave away well, – they, they gave away Tim Stutzo, <laughs> basically. And yeah, they have to look beyond that and say, we could still win with Eric Carlson. We could still win with Brent Burns. We could still win with Logan Couture. I love how you said they're not Minnesota, which is basically you saying they're not the most mediocre team in NHL history. <laughs> I think they just – the Sharks, they're a bit more calculated than what the Wild are. I think – I like – I'd like the wild. I like that they have the guys they have there, but at the same time, like it's just, you just don't know what they are or what they're really doing. We're like, we want to get younger, but let's trade Luke Cunning. Yeah. Man, I, I, not today because we're exhausted, but I want to have a look at Minnesota's roster because there's been a lot of turnover there at some point. Um, could one of you just write that down in the doc really quickly? Cause I closed it and I have mine. Okay. Okay. Um, but a sneaky, a very sneaky, sneaky move that I quite like. Eric Gustafson is in the defenseman that Alex and I have talked about at length on this podcast before. I had him in NHL 20, and he won multiple Norris trophies for me. Oh, I loved him. For the Quebec, was it my Quebec team? The expansion? I don't know. Um, what was your team name? I, I think I made it the Quebec Nordiques, because I'm, okay. I'm not going to get Quebec and be like, the Quebec Grizzly Grizzly Bears. I would what never. You, well, what, what about Alex's? I think we've talked about this before. It made me laugh. I'm pretty sure what, what was mine. Your created team. I don't. I don't remember. Maybe oh. it was like the Markham <laughs> Knights or whatever. I don't. All know. right, all right. Or the mine Seattle was... Kraken or whatever. You guys remember mine? What your? No, no I remember you had the Phoenix Sun. No. Oh no no no. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it was weird. It was so yeah. Weird. Um, the oh, Vaughn Mighty it. Roosters. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, pretty poorly i like you know i uh we're off topic here i got robin leonard and you know josh madsen they didn't protect him the ducks for some reason and matt duchene i got matt duchene in it because he was left exposed but the problem was he like because like the team was really bad for the first two years he like demanded a trade Man, tear morale off. It's so garbage like (laughs) do that it's it it doesn't it's terrible you know what i um if NHL like 18 or the first time there was created team expansion, I remember I made the I made the it was something weird. It was like the Seattle Wizards. And I remember in that I got fired from like two different teams. And it was complete BS. I did such a good job, but like the, the players didn't perform for me. Unbelievable. Eric Gustafson, one year, three million dollars. Eric Gustafson, uh, Philadelphia. One of you considered it a Petrangelo consolation prize. Oh, I did. You know what's weird, Alex? Now that you're just, you reminded me of something here. They were apparently secretly kind of in the line of stuff that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, there were whispers in the Petrangelo. Make freaking move, Philly. 
I thought their GM was supposed to be this like, oh, I'm gonna do big moves. Oh, look at me, big moves. And the other day, like, trust the process. Yeah, trust the process. <laughs> I was told there would be trade, and there would be none. None. Well, well there were some. They were just all cap dumps. <laughs> what do we think? No, I think it's a. I think it's a good, good piece of business for uh, the team. I'm just pulling up here. Their wow, their uh, defensive pairings. It doesn't even have Shane Gossespierre in the lineup <laughs> on daily faceoff, which is oh, so upsetting. Um, have has him with Travis Sanheim, obviously Prove Robin Myers as their first pair. I like it, man. Like it's a solid top four. Daniel, I think with Philly, like I think you know, it's a solid signing. Um, he's the kind of guy where, if we've talked about before, I think Chicago sold him way too early. That he could have been a guy that maybe not of their future, but is someone that could actually, you know, you know, he he's not old, so you, he could see someone that could kind of slide in there and satisfy Taves in a way more than you know, Ali Mata. Or um, or a Calvin DeHaan, mm-hmm. in a way. But I think going to Philly, that you know he's gonna be able to quarterback to power play. He's the kind of guy where he he was a bit streaky in Calgary. Um, I thought that what he kind of showed with Chicago with the minutes he was given that he could really show that, and I think he was a bargain for a third round pick. And to go to Philly on this one year deal was kind of confusing to me because I think he could have gotten more with that or he could have looked for term. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Sportsnet put up a post. It was a top 10 sort of thing. And uh, it was basically the top 10 free agents that are still around, still available. I'll go from number 10. Andreas Athamasiu is still available. Sammy Vatanen. Anthony Duclair, who is representing himself. Carl Soderberg. Eric Howla-Famer. Ilya Kovalchuk. Traps Hamannick, B. Carl Granlund, Evgeny Dadanov, and the big name, Mike Hoffman. And I wonder wh- who overpays for one of these guys first, Nashville or Columbus? Because apparently they've been dipping their toe in every pool. Columbus. No, Nashville, sorry. Because Columbus has to get Dubois done. They're not doing anything until that's done. Granlund does play center, and they like overpaying centers. Mm-hmm. You yeah, think they're going to bring him back? Oh, yeah! I don't, I don't think so. No. I forgot about that. You know who else is a free agent? And, you know, no one's talking about him. And, you know, it's really disappointing. Cody's easy. Frederick Gauthier is a bloody UFA, and no one's talking about him. Yeah, because he's not bad. You he signs with the Marlies. It's, Mar- it's the AHL contract. I can see that happen. Is Frank Corrado unrestricted as well? Where is that guy? Minutes? I don't know. One of those guys where they should, like they should have played him. Same thing as the Josh Levo. Yeah. Oh, he had bad luck because he ran into uh, Mike Babcock at the prime of his developmental career, or like his prime development time as a player. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, there's a lot of good guys out there um, who who w- should be signed soon. I, Corey I don't. Corey, I would love. I wouldn't mind Corey Perry on my team. No, no, no. I don't want to deal with that guy four times a year. No. Corey well, if there's a K, house. if there's a Canadian division, it's gonna be more than four times a year. 
I think Corey Perry on the Habs. Could you stop? If there is a Canadian division, I cannot wait for the games between Toronto and Montreal. Podcast is going to be a nightmare. Yeah. And I can't wait to kick the crap out of the Sens, Detroit, and the Sens in Detroit all year. Well, Detroit's not in Canada, so I don't know. Why did I say Detroit? Oh, my God. (laughs) You meant Buffalo? I almost said Buffalo, and then there's another American. That's another American team. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Edmonton. I don't know. Saskatoon Blades. Let's not get the CHL involved. They're having their own issues. They're having the CHLs having their uh, own issues at the moment. Let's not get them involved. Are they? They're having a lot. Well, the Q is at least. Yeah. Q started out again, right? The Cape Brand Screaming Eagles were playing today. No, they they suspended. I'm pretty sure they suspended all the games until the 28th. Yeah. Well, like the the Q is COVID cases, but the C like the OHL, no, the CHL as a whole isn't getting sued. For like exploiting young players, I think so. That's been pretty kept pretty uh, under wraps. Somehow, yeah. I don't. But it'll come out eventually. I think Dan Carcello is part of that, and we've talked about him before on the podcast. Yeah, he uh, he's trying. He's trying to make change for the game. Um. Okay, I'll just quickly check Twitter. And I don't you have a question? You have a question. I have it here. Unless you took it out. Um. Interview period. Oh God, yeah. Okay, so this is kind of important. If you guys are tired, like I am, just like let's put it all together for one last discussion here. All right. All right. Okay. This is the first year in a while where we haven't had the interview period. That's a week before free agency. There's there's been drawback. There's been positive. Positives is we don't know who's going where. Like five days before free agency. Um, but. The con is, is everything sort of slowed down for a bit. And um, it, it just sucks because, like, nothing was happening the first day. My buddy, Ethan, the Sharks fan I was telling you guys about, he was like, Adam. What? No, Ethan McKay, good guy. Okay. He's like, Adam, it's going to suck tomorrow. Like, I'm like, Ethan, it's free. He's going to be wicked. He's like, well, I'll wait for you to, to come back, and I can say I told you so. And after the first day of free agency, I didn't text him. Because I didn't want to tell him he was right. Do we think it's better to have the interview period? It creates a lot more anticipation. I think that once it breaks out, we're like, wow, it really did break out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's the same thing that we always said for so many things. It's so circumstantial this year that we're not used to it in this way. Like, I just... I know that we love like the July 1st stuff. We love like, you know, the speculation with things like who's going to sign when these things are going to go on. Because, you know, I frankly think that a lot of things have happened without the interview period, but I don't know. I think maybe it will affect things a little more in a way that what they kind of compared to like on 31 thoughts was the amount of money that has been given to these players without the interview period that they have seen a lot more depth signings and we didn't like i think was it elliot freeman talked about how the average amount of money has gone more to goalies than like defensemen for like the first time Mm -hmm. that's interesting that's interesting um i'm seeing so oh sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say i think yeah like i do think and i think in the new cba that they came out with 
back in May, was it May or June that I don't think we're actually going to be having an interview period. I think they took that out. Um, which is unfortunate. Like I, I do think it saves a lot of, it saves a lot of time once free agency starts. Like I don't think we'd be waiting for Krug, Hall, Krug, Hall, and Petrangelo to sign those contracts at noon at twelve oh one p.m. We would know where all three of those guys would have gone on October, whatever that date was. Mm-hmm. The night, like, I think. So I think that's what the benefit is. But the negative is, I, and Adam brought up a good point when we were talking about it. I mean, listen, like we all end up finding out where these guys are going to end up signing before it happens, which is the debt, which is, isn't as fun, but mm. uh, maybe it's better than having to wait. Like what year? And maybe, you know, you can say the pandemic is the reason for it, but never would we see even the top, the top two, the top tier have signed, right? Normal. The second tier of players, like quite a few of them are still available. And I don't Mm -hmm. think we'd see that in a regular market, a regular with an interview period, because they're getting all their interviews done. They're, they're thinking about where they're going to sign. Whereas now they have to set up those meetings once free agency hits. By the way, uh, Petrangelo Idiot, we all knew you were going to Vegas. Did you have to fly in the middle of a pandemic, mm. dude? Really? Come on, Petro. We love you, though, still. So. No, we don't. <laughs> the golden boy. No. Uh, I can't wait to watch them in Colorado for years to go. It's going to be mm. All right. Daniel, I can tell that you want to do the intro, outro. Okay. Go ahead, buddy. Well, guys, Alex, Adam, Daniel, this has been fun, guys. Thanks again to all our listeners, our followers, for giving us your time for this really, really long series. What has become a series, it is currently 10.15 p.m. Um, We love all of you. And, you know, if you have anything, any suggestions, anything, any reviews, please give us a look on Spotify, on YouTube, on Apple, on anywhere. Thank you again to Voice Ed for continuing being us this platform. Um, you could kind of tell I'm pretty tired from doing this outro, but I will stay enthusiastic with it. Um, we will talk again to you guys soon. Um, hopefully, with the list we gave for the free agency, there's going to be a bit more signings, a bit more analysis. And... I don't know. Maybe we'll do another three-hour one like this. We don't know, but you know, not. stay tuned to see. Yeah, we check out guys. check out Twitter, Instagram. Uh, make sure you fill out the bingo card because if you fill it out and send it, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. Or there might be another prize we don't know yet. And there might, sure. Uh, and yes. make sure if you're not already watching, watch on YouTube. And All my right. YouTube channel. And, and Adam's YouTube channel. Alrighty, yeah, guys. And our, and our NHL 21 stream. Maybe. Not yet. We don't Not have yet. that yet. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> See I'm you guys. being hopeful. Yeah, hopeful. Bye. Bye.